I'm very excited to share this recording with you guys, which happened at our conference, sasopen.com, with over 100 speakers, all founders of B2B SaaS companies. We have a very high bar for what speakers share on stage, so you're going to enjoy this episode where we dive deep into revenue graphs, real tactics, and real growth metrics. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Thanks, guys. So um, a really quick background about myself. Um, I am a serial tech entrepreneur, a data geek. Um, I have sold my first company to Bloomberg. I sold my second company to a large education technology company. And I'm now with a company called Code Mantra. Um, and what I'm hoping to do through this talk track is really give you guys a perspective of how I've gone through this painful journey of pivoting and transitioning a services company to a SaaS company. We're about an 8 million ARR uh, company. Um, we have a long ways to go, but hopefully you get some value out of uh, the journey that we have had and the many missteps we have had along the way as well. Um, so um, the theme of today's talk track is going to be around what you see out there, right? It's really a what do we do with strategy? What, what are some of the missteps and what, what should you be looking for? How do you go about getting validation in the middle bucket? And what do you need to do to achieve scale? And along the way, I'm going to be parlaying a whole bunch of metrics. I'm going to share a bunch of metrics with you guys. Um, and if there is interest beyond this, I'm happy to have a separate talk track around other data points. Um, all right, so, but before we get started, here's uh, sort of where we are. You aren't seeing data to the left, which is, um, by the way, we got into Code Mantra about uh, late 2014. So this is our, our revenue chart, as you see. We ended last year with eight, as I just said, and we're hoping to go, grow it to 10. We are completely self-financed. Uh, we have not raised external capital beyond debt capital. Um, so there's always the conversation of, hey, do you want to add more gas to the fire? Possibly we're at that stage where we might consider that right now, but we're quite pleased with how we're growing. Um, we are, by the way, in a space called intelligent document automation. In, in, in short, you know, what that fancy buzzword means is we extract contextual data out of complex PDFs. That's, that's what that big buzzword means. But anyway, that's, that's sort of our journey. As you can see, this gray line was pretty much 100% of the company seven years back and it has slowly started coming down uh, to where it is today. Um, all right, so the first part is really the, the strategy stuff, right? Look, every startup, and you know, I've met a handful of them here from, and I've been one too, right? In the early stages, everybody gets jazzed up about TAM, and when you make a VC pitch, it's all about TAM, and you have a big TAM, and, and on and on and on. Everybody's got a big TAM. Right, TAM's great. <laughs> you gotta have a good TAM. We got to have a very good Kager too. Very, 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 very good Kager, okay? Backing the TAM up. We've had many missteps along our journey, right? 
we have settled into something that we believe is good right now along the intelligent document automation space. I'll give you a segment of what our current space looks like. For whatever reason, this thing is cut off. I don't know why. But um, look, we are in a category called our TAM is intelligent automation today. It is a rocket TAM. The big buzzword chat GPT is one segment within our TAM, conversational AI. We're in this space. We're here. Okay, so that's our sub-segment. It helps to be in a rocket space. But not just in a rocket space. You've got, a rocket space has to have solid, solid Kager, right? Along the way, our missteps, right? We tried to create a content management system. Large TAM, low Kager, right? And we made money along the way. We got customers along the way, too. No good. We created a master data management system. We created a learning management system. All large TAMs. But we weren't able to get repeatable sales motion. And somewhere along the way, you will hit that hurdle around repeatable sales motion if you don't have a large Kager. That's point one, right? Um, the second point um, in theme one on strategy validation is um, GP. Look, and this, this is very specific to a, a transition company like us. Look, any SaaS company that you meet, right, everybody's like, oh, I need 80% GP, I need 90% GP. All right, great, sexy to look at and so forth. Look, when you're hustling at the ground floor, 90% GP ain't attainable. <laughs> okay, let's just be real. Okay, so there's always conversations, right? Particularly for a company like us, we started our services business, like any services business, We'd be lucky if we got 30% GP, okay? And so for a 30% GP company, 50%, 40% looks sexy. Not sexy enough for a SaaS company, right? So to make that pivot takes time. You cannot have that overnight, right? But on the same note, right, you've got to have a, a, a floor. Whatever your floor is, the floor could be 50%, the floor could be 60%. Tell your sales team, your founding team, do not compromise if you're pivoting along the way or even trying at the ground floor, trying to establish some credibility. Do not compromise on your GP. You've got to have relevant GP to participate. If you don't, then maybe you're in the wrong tab. That, that it, it indicates something's wrong with where you're playing. Um, anyway, that's point two on GP. The point three is around R&D. I don't have a slide on it, except that, look, I mean, my CFO and I always have a conversation around, oh my God, we're spending too much on R&D. Should we, you know, we just had a big failure investing in a learning management system. Look, again, if you're venture-backed, money is cheap and easy, at least until the markets collapsed <laughs> late last year. Now capital is tight. We all know that, right? you still got to spend on R&D, particularly in your early stages. You got to spend at least 20 plus percent on R&D, right? At least, you got to figure out a way to do that. That's very, very important or else you'll get run over, right? I may be stating the obvious to this crowd. In practice, it's a fight for me every day to get, get that kind of money. Now I am, now I am. Well, as long as you're clear and your clarity comes when you have achieved that level of validation, right? In the first stage, you're still defining your strategy. If you're still at 2 million ARR, trust me, you haven't really 
created a repeatable sales motion. You've created some validation. It ain't repeatable sales motion yet. You've just had your founders sell stuff, right? At that point, it is very likely at your two million ARR, you may have a fundamental pivot. You may have nirvana that, shit, I'm not able to do repeatable sales. Do not compromise on R&D at that point, is what I'm trying to say, okay? Um, anyhow, um, all right, so this is sort of stage two, right? This is this, again, like I said, I'm sort of walking you through our journey and missteps. First stage was strategy. The second stage is validation, right? For us, validation was, um, it's sort of surprising, right? I mean, we, we always try to go for the sexy thing, the sexy tab, the sexy this, and so forth. Sometimes the validation is right where you belong and in what your customers are telling you. Again, stating the obvious, right? For us, this was the validation, right? Our customer, who we were doing BPO services for, got sued. This was our customer. This is our customer. They got sued um, by the, one of the federal agencies. Um, and they came to us saying, you're doing BPO stuff for us. This is a problem. You, you guys have been talking technology. You guys have been talking creating value out of content. Do you know anything about this? This was our start in 2019. They literally got sued in, in, in Q3. We created a solution. We learned that solution along with them. This was our use case. This was our beginning in 2019 to scale up our product. Um, like I said, sometimes it's not the only way, but many a times the easiest path, the non-sexiest path when you are pivoting is your customers. It's probably the fastest way to seek validation. Um, that has helped me in this company. It has helped me in a couple of my previous exits as well. Your current customers might help you pivot very, very effectively. Um, anyway, um, the other thing, again, stating the obvious here, um, a, you know, a lot of VCs will look for you know, LTV to CAC ratios, your NRR, your GRR, you know, like well-published metrics on all of these things, right? All these VCs will say, oh my God, you, you have an LTV to CAC of six or seven. There needs to be more fuel to this fire. Let's more, add more gas. Look, if you are in the validation stage, in my humble opinion, it's totally okay to have an LTV to CAC of eight or 10. You better have that LTV to CAC because you're still selling through founders. You're still trying to create that repeatable sales motion. I hope you're generating massive bang for your buck. All right? It's very important to do that. I, capital is tight now in the last few months before it was free-flowing. When capital's tight, trust me, that three to four ain't going to look sexy. You need more than that. Um, the other thing, because we are focused on focusing on our customers, like I said, the easiest way to validate is to minimize churn and maximize your NRR. Our NRR, you know, three years back, approached Snowflake's NRR. We were close to 200% in NRR, okay? And it's easy to do that when, when you're pivoting, when you have a customer base, when you have validation. It actually speaks to your validation more than anything else. To us, that was very, very, very helpful. Um, along the way, you'll see these in the next set of slides, 
Obviously, there will be a reset to that. It will start approaching industry metrics. But these are when you're in your validation stage. Don't go with the three to four and say, I need more gas to this fuel. Try to prove your market further. <clears throat> Look, the last uh, piece is the scale piece. Um, candidly, we are in this phase right now. So you know my slide might look different a year from now. Um, Look, it's important to identify, like I said, a, 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 despite your TAM, you've got, look, there are many players in our TAM now. It is a sexy TAM. For a company our size, um, without external capital yet, or even if we have external capital, it's very important to have a white space. You're, in, you're playing in a big, big field. Figure out your white space and, and crush it, right? Again, stating the obvious here, but it was very, very important to us to be that, right? So that's, that's my first thing. Um, uh, to us, what happened with that is, you know, lo and behold, this has become a hot topic. The Supreme Court started weighing in on, on what we're doing around our compliance. It has become a very, very hot topic uh, from, 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 a, from a use case standpoint. Um, the other thing um, in our journey, right, um, as we're looking to scale, to me, and this is, this is not just a code mantra experience, it's, it's an experience from my entrepreneurial journey. It really depends, oops, huh. it really depends on, um, you know, your repeatable sales motion, you clearly have to have repeatable sales motion at this stage. It, it varies depending on what your, you know, product market need quotient is, right? So, Look, in every customer, and again, you'll, you'll see this many places across the internet, the most important thing is, you know, in large buckets, your product market fit has to create one of these four values, right? Um, our initial value proposition was save customer money, in very simple terms. The sales motions are very different than where our value proposition is today, which is get customer compliant, right? Very, very different messaging. And stating the obvious, but the types of dollars, the types of sales cycles, the types of LTV to CAC that you should expect changes with all of these need quotients. Um, we had to graduate our entire sales deployment, our entire you know, sales and marketing money that we spent, our organization fundamentally changed from a value proposition of saving money to getting customer compliant. A big, big portion of our money right now is creating awareness. It's actually not selling, right? Um, that's, that's important in the compliance space. Um, and then lastly, um, look, uh, this is a, a lesson learned through, through many years, right? Um, and particularly, look, I'm, I'm not a flamboyant 10x, 20x multiple guy. It's important to know your valuations on where you stand. It's, it's, it's sexy to get 15x valuations. I would love to get that too, but be realistic on where you stand. Um, and there's plenty of data out there in the marketplace, right? Mr. Wonderful and Shark Tank always says this, right? You need to know where you stand before you, before you ask for something. Um, Look, and there are different options, right, um, on, on what we need to do um, to, to get that exit outcome. You know, you want to, if you want a 3x outcome, there is a defined set of path for it. If you want a 10x outcome, it's a very risky outcome. You, you've got to have a whole different set of strategies and capital for it. So, look, we are in the 3 to 4x game right now, candidly, uh, in terms of outcomes. We're sort of contemplating, is that good enough for us, or should we get more capital? 
um, and, and grow our company. So hopefully that was helpful. That's, that's my time. All right, thanks, Sajeev. Yeah. We have a cup, just a couple minutes. Any questions for Sanjeev? Um, professional services is a way to obviously fill your cash flow bucket, right? Um, and so if you are, look, uh, again, uh, having had few exits, my, my strongest piece of advice, try to delay venture capital or any kind of capital raise money as far as you can. Um, sometimes it's hard. Um, one way to mitigate that temporarily is, is by selling PS, right? Um, um, but watch out. Um, you and I were talking about our, our journey with the customer. This is a very, very large customer of ours who has forced us to do a whole bunch of PS. The last two years, our precipitous drop on that PS was unwinding from them. We still have that customer, but we have lost that revenue. And that's okay, because as you know, investors don't care a lot about that. Um, matters if you're about to exit. It doesn't matter if you're in the journey to pivoting. All right, thanks a lot. One more question, then we'll go move. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you guys use some debt, right? Sorry? So you guys have some debt. Yeah, we have a lot of debt. <laughs> Yep. So I guess like, like how much debt becomes too much debt? Like what are your kind of take on like what is too much debt, what is like too less debt, what is not considered? It's a very good question. I'm happy to chat separately, but the quick answer is um, it depends on what your ARR is, right? It's a, it's a function of your ARR. Uh, uh, particularly if you have debt capital that's cheap, uh, we, we have in for in out of candor, our debt capital, we have both cheap capital and very expensive debt capital. Um, at some point, the expensive debt capital is worse than equity. Um, but it really depends on what your ARR structure is. Um, I would always go for cheap debt capital. That's what the private equity market relies on. So. All right, thanks, Chandu. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay.